Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane here with Wags. And Wags, today let's talk about uh, year in review, Green Bay Packers cornerback room. Yeah, this was a group that I think we were very excited about coming into the season. And overall, I, I thought uh, you have to say did a, a pretty solid job. Um, but there was some up and down, I think, uh, opposite of Jair Alexander. So um, let's dive right into it and start with Jair. And yeah. all I can say is this guy just turned into an absolute star at the cornerback position in this league. Uh, what else can you say? He was playing like the best corner in, in the league. And I know I don't watch every other defense every week, so I'm a little bit biased, but um, it was incredible to see him uh, turn himself into an absolute shutdown corner. Yeah, uh, he's the guy. It's Jair Island. Um, he's he's legitimately – the Packers have a number one corner, and they may have the number one corner in the league. Um, Wags, he, he's cutting the field in quarters now. Uh, teams aren't even looking his way when they do. They're pretty much getting an incomplete pass every time. He's that good. He's locked down. He's an absolute beast, and he's one of the reasons that the Packers, I think, are going to be in, um, you know, competitive mode here uh, for, uh, you know, we've got a window because, you know, we talk about Aaron Rodgers, we talk about um, Bakhtiari, we talk about Devontae Adams, um, and we're, we're fortunate. We have some of the best players at their position uh, on the offensive side, but on the defensive side of the ball, um, we've got players, too. And we've got Kenny Clark. We've got Zadarius Smith. Um, you know, our, our Amos has been playing incredible. But Jair Alexander is is the guy. He brings a different energy to the team. He he brings a swagger. He brings an identity to the defense. And the Packers have their number one corner. And I think that now sit back, enjoy, watch the ride, and then see if we can get production. Uh, you know, from from some of the other corners. Because if we're able to, I think that we have the makings of a very 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 good and potentially great defense. Absolutely. It's and let's and that's the thing about Jair is that he has the ability to elevate this defense to next level. So he is not only a building block, he's a foundation. Um so it, it's it's exciting to see that and certainly performance isn't guaranteed from one season to the next, but with where he is in his this stage of his career, I expect Jair to continue to play at a high, high level. Uh, he's very motivated. Uh, he's going to want to get paid. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of factors coming into this. And I think the best thing about Jair is he, he sustained a couple of, of minor nicks, I would say, or injuries uh, this season, but you wouldn't know it. He was out there playing every Sunday at a top level. So uh, that's, that's something special about uh, Jair as well is that he brings it every single week. So um, I couldn't be more excited for him and, and, for us as Packer fans, that we've got a player of his caliber uh, to build around in this group. So, Dane, let's talk about the rest of this position group. I think some of the down comes on the opposite side uh, of the field with Kevin King. He yeah. has been Packers' starting corner, uh, coming off of uh, his best season a year ago, and this unfortunately was a down season for Kevin. Uh, sustained some more injuries. I uh, just uh, hasn't been all that reliable from that perspective. Um, and uh, it looked like when he came back, he just seemed really tentative and almost 
um, like he wasn't confident uh, that he uh, was playing at uh, full speed. Uh, and he just can't, unfortunately, get away with that uh, at that position. I, I understand that corners are going to get beat from time to time, unless your name is Jair Alexander, apparently. Um, so we, we can't expect uh, shutdown necessarily on both sides of the field, although that would certainly be nice to have. Uh, but uh, Kevin just, I don't feel like, was, was playing at a high enough level for the Packers to consider bringing him back and, and, re- and signing him, uh, considering he's going into free agency here. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that, uh, you know, the, the NFC championship game is certainly one that's going to be remembered by a lot of Packers fans. But unfortunately, you know, it wasn't just that moment. There were just, he, he had a hard time this season. And he had, he had a couple plays here and there. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to just like, um, it, it's hard when you've got you've got best corner in football on the other side because I mean shoot the the quarterbacks can be throwing your way an awful lot right and it's a thankless position to be cornerback but um, I think this is just a position where the Packers are going to be looking to upgrade uh, on the outside there and uh, it's as simple as that now you know Kevin's gonna it's gonna be an interesting market to see where Kevin ends up and what kind of money he's going to ask for because it's not every day that a starting cornerback that's played five seasons, you know, for, for a, a team at the level of the Green Bay Packers, hits free agency. Um, so I'm curious to see how much he commands, where he goes, but um, I almost certainly think that the Packers are going to be looking to move on, and I, I, I haven't heard any talks of contract negotiations between Kevin and, and the Green Bay Packers, and, and I think it, it's, to, to, your, um, to your point, I think it's, he will not be in Green Bay next season, and I think it's going to be uh, probably just a, a brand new face on the outside there. So the only thing that would be interesting is if he was playing hurt, and the team knows that, and they feel like it's something that he can turn around uh, from a health standpoint, if he's the guy that he was last season and not this past season, then perhaps at the right price. He's someone that you could consider. The problem is, is that either way, he's going to be making more money than what he was on his rookie deal. And right. I just don't know if the, if the Packers can afford to have that luxury to see if Kevin King can prove that he can return to playing at, I think, a, uh, I would say above average level uh, last mm-hmm. season. Um, and he was out there for 15 games last season, too, uh, which was the exception and not the rule for his short career with the Packers so far. So I, I, I agree with you. I think they're probably going to move on and, and look to improve uh, that particular position spot, uh, either through the draft or through free agency. So, Dan, let's, let's look at uh, the other guy that was getting the, the uh, big uh, amount of the snaps, uh, Enchanted Sullivan. He was our our nickel slot corner, and, and that takes a, a particular skill set. And I thought Shandon, you know, he had to step into a larger role. That, this, so that was a role that was occupied by Tremont Williams the season prior. And I thought Shandon had done enough to prove that he was capable of stepping up into having that expanded role. Um, he didn't quite have the season that he did two years ago, but I thought he did a pretty good job overall. I, I was – uh, pretty pleased with, with what he was able to bring from that position. I don't think that there was anything glaring in terms of his performance. Uh, he was pretty steady week to week. 
Um, and uh, certainly as a young player, I think he's someone that show has shown that he continues to get better and better. And I think he has the capability to improve upon what he was able to do uh, this season. I like him in that role. I would not want to yeah. move him to the outside, um, but I, I like him in that role. And I think he's a guy that the Packers uh, might strongly consider um, uh, bringing back again for another year or two uh, if they're able to get him at the right price as well. That's the thing, is, and I, I think that I, I'm with you, and I think you know he's a restricted free agent, and he's 24 years old, and he's getting better. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know me, I'm really high on Shandon. I think that he's um, you know played all over the field again this year as needed. He was out on kick coverage. He's one of those guys that likes to play football and brings a good energy, and um, in that slot role, it takes a certain mentality. And um, I, I thought that Shandon played uh, at a pretty high level for most of the season. Um, I think that anybody who plays in that position, you know, there's going to be a couple times where you're like, oh, shoot, I wish we had that one back. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, I really like what he, he's doing for, for the organization. And that's the thing. Jair Alexander's 24. Shannon Sullivan's 24. Um, two young guys out there. I think that the Packers are going to look to um, make an addition on the outside, uh, but I, I really do think that the Packers are set with Jair and Shandon, and then I think it's really the question mark is who's going to be playing on that outside. Uh, but I think that, um, you know, another year uh, under his belt, Sullivan's going to continue to grow uh, in his role in the Packers' defense. But I'd, be, I'd actually be pretty shocked if he's not brought back uh, to Green Bay and um, I thought overall, if we're grading them out, um, I, I'm, I definitely had positive grades for Shandon. Uh, I, I, I really like how he plays the game. I don't know how else to put it. Um, so um, I think he's a, a, a strongly uh, likely that he's back in Green Bay next year. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for a couple of the other guys, Fedar Holman and Josh Jackson, it's almost in, incomplete Yeah, for those guys. I thought we were going to see more of them, but both of them were healthy scratches a, a number of times this season. Um, so they weren't even special teams contributors, which is, I think, a little bit of a disappointment. I would have liked to see them um, out there, uh, at least uh, on special teams. And I guess you could say that it's it's a good thing that um, neither of them were necessarily called on a lot because that shows how healthy the group was for the most part throughout the season. But – it also begs the question, with Kevin King, with some of his injuries and some of his struggles, I get that he was the starter, and it's a little bit hard to just replace someone uh, like that in the middle of the season. But with neither Holman or Jackson, uh, by all accounts, really pushed King uh, for snaps or an opportunity to get out there, is that a little bit of a cause for concern, or does that not really factor in your mind when you're kind of assessing where they fit and, and what their development and production level has been um, to their respective points at this, uh, just not only this season, but just overall. That's a really good question, right? I mean, it really is because I, I, I fully expected um, both of them really to, to get out and, and play, uh, have a bigger role on the defense. I, I did see, you know, late in the year, the Packers decided, they said that Josh Jackson in particular wasn't suiting up, um, not because of his play on defense, but because of his, his play on special teams. So I don't know if they didn't like what they saw, um, you know, there or, or where that came from. I, I'll tell you what, I thought that Josh 
when he had his opportunities to play, when uh, we, we saw some injuries in the defensive backfield, you know, he he had some moments where you go, well, that's that's why we drafted him in the second round. And then we had a couple moments where we went, ah, oh, Josh, you know, and I think that that's, that's the nature of being a young cornerback in the league that wasn't getting a lot of reps, uh, you know, the, this previous season. I actually really liked what he did as he started to get an extended look. I thought he was playing a little bit better. He was definitely playing more instinctively and faster uh, the, the longer he was out there. And then all of a sudden, he just wasn't suiting up. So I'm not sure what happened there with, with Josh. Um, and then, you know, Kadar Holman, I know he's somebody that you really like, Wags, and I, you look at his stats, and again, I got to wonder if he wasn't suiting up, not because of the, the defensive side, but because of special teams, because in the limited opportunities he had, he played pretty well uh, for, for the Packers on the defensive side of the ball. So I, 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 there are two question marks. It's almost like if we're grading these guys out, they're almost they're incomplete, and I'm not sure why they weren't getting longer looks on the defense. So I I don't have a good answer for you, but I thought that both of them at times were really passing the eye test uh, when they were playing on the defense. Yeah. Question for you, Dane. Do you think Josh Jackson might benefit from a positional change? Yeah, that's so, man. I was Thanks for bringing it up because I, I was going to ask you the same question. I, I feel like he might be a safety. And, and, and could have like a lot of contributions at the safety level. Um, so I, I'm curious what your take is there, but, um, Will Redmond's a free agent. And, you know, I, it just feel like, um, the Packers, they've got Amos, they've got, um, and, and of course, the Darnell Savage. Uh, I really like Vernon Scott back there, Henry Black. They've got other guys, but Wags. Josh Jackson feels a little bit like he could be one of those rangy safeties that can, uh, you know, help out over the top. He's not afraid to stick some guys. We saw him stick uh, guys in the run game a couple times when he had a chance to shine on the defense. So um, I'm going to ask you the same question here. Uh, Is Josh Jackson a little miscast in this Packers defense as a cornerback, and would he be better at safety? Uh, He might be. It'll be interesting. You mentioned Joe Barry in our defensive line uh, yeah. review, uh, new defensive coordinator, what's what's his outlook and how he likes to use guys in the back half of the defense? Uh, it's certainly, Petten seemed to really like that hybrid role. Uh, but uh, for all, all you can say about the guys that, that we had, uh, we, he was never really able to get one guy to settle into that role. I mean, it was Raven Green, uh, seemed to be, uh, really Patton's guy, but he was always getting hurt. So I don't expect him to be back either way, but he's, he's, he seemed to be Patton's guy. And then Will Redmond, I really like, I think he showed us some things, but, yeah. um, you know, I don't know if he had the prototypical size uh, and physicality that you might like from that hybrid role. I could be talking about a hybrid role that doesn't exist in, uh, Coach Barry's current scheme. So it would be it would be interesting though, but if, if Barry has a background as a linebackers coach, as I'm sure most backer fans know, so would he look at a guy like Josh Jackson and say, "I like you lining up closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, maybe not as a linebacker, but just kind of uh, in that run support role and being able to play zone coverage, um, and that might play more to Josh Jackson's strengths." So it would be really interesting to see if. He could benefit from, you know, being put being put in a position 
that he can play to his strengths. And, and maybe that's an opportunity that he has um, going into next season. If, if this is a little bit of a, a different scheme, it's not going to be all the same things for sure, even though it'll be a 3-4. Um, so it, that's something to look out for. I would like, I feel like Josh Jackson has some untapped um, potential uh, that uh, we haven't seen yet. I, I, I'd like to see the Packers bring him back and, and let's see what he can do. I'm not sure I want to see him as the outside corner. Uh, I don't know that he's shown uh, the ability to be able to run with top flight receivers in this league uh, in man coverage. So that would be my biggest concern. I think he uh, plays best when he's in zone and he can make reads uh, on both the uh, pass and run defense and uh, and make some plays that way. But it'll be interesting yeah. to see what, what the Packers decide to do there. Kadar Holman, you're right. He's a guy I've been high on from early. Uh, he, he just completed his second year. And, uh, you know, granted, uh, lower round pick, but um, really, really productive in the preseason, uh, the year uh, before this season. And uh, he's been on the roster now for two seasons, and we haven't seen much of him. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly if he's continuing to get better and developing and is someone that could be good enough to potentially compete and step into that role next year or not. Um, you said it best, incomplete. He could be uh, in the limited opportunities we've had to see him. I, he seems to be playing at a pretty productive level. So yeah. um, does that mean that it translates out to you being able to do that over the course of a 16-game season? That I don't think any of us know. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see – uh, what um, role he might have, and if he's competing for that spot next season. So, Dane, let's let's talk a little bit then in terms of. Wait, I actually one 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 thing I want to ask you about too. Just before we get off, um, Josh Jackson, is there a potential here? Uh, he might be the one of the bigger question marks on the roster because is there a potential here? He could also be a candidate for for being cut. Um, you know, right now they, the Packers would save one point three million dollars either pre or post June. Um, one, if they decided to, to part with Josh Jackson. So um, that's just another yeah. thing to keep out there, you know, and I don't know the yes. answer to it. I, I think you're right. Yes, I, I think he is. It's going to be something that I'm sure that the front office is going to be talking closely with, with Barry and the rest of the defensive staff and saying, does he fit? Is he someone that you think is going to, could fit with this defense? And is he someone that you'd like to – bring back if you had the choice. And that doesn't mean that he would definitely come back if they say yes, but I'm sure that would weigh weigh into that decision. We're not talking about a $10 million player here. So um, if if the defensive staff looks at it and says, you know what, um, I think he would fit with, with what we're trying to do. Let's give him a shot. Um, then he'll come back. But if not, they're looking at that film They'll, they'll tell them, and uh, then, yeah, if the Packers need to move on, they'll move on. So yes. um, it will be very interesting. We're going to get some turnover uh, with this group, I think. I, I, I think we're in agreement that uh, Sullivan's a guy that we would expect to, Packers to bring back, and Kadar Holman will be back. Um, so those two along with, obviously, Jair. But we could be looking at one or two open spots for sure with this cornerback group. So, Dane, let's talk about that. Um, Maybe not so much the free agents that are out there, but do you think from a strategic standpoint that if the Packers front office has their druthers, they are going to be aggressive in free agency and spend a little bit to um, try to upgrade 
that Kevin King spot, or do mm-hmm. you feel like this is something that they'll try to uh, t- take a high draft pick to uh, build that spot? Yeah, so Wegs, really good, um, good question. I, you know, here's the thing. I think defensive line is my most glaring. I want to upgrade position, but I think that corner, uh, that outside corner spot isn't far behind. And I'll tell you what, I actually, if I, if I had my druthers, I would say, I'm tired of drafting and spending draft capital on the corner position. Um, Jair Alexander is going to remain in Green Bay, I think, you know, down the road whenever he becomes a free agent. Um, the, the question then is, you know, do, do you draft another guy there or do you, you know, do you sign a guy, blah, 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 blah. I, I think I want to sign somebody. I would love to, to actually bring someone in. They don't need to be an absolute superstar, but a known entity. Um, and, and the reason I say this is, cornerback, especially rookie corners that are um, new to the league and especially where the Packers are drafting, you just don't totally know how they're going to react when the bullets start flying in the NFL. You just don't. And I would rather invest in free agency at a corner, uh, in a corner, who, you know, is tried and tested, tried and true. We know we're getting a little bit out of them because we know we already have the best in the best on the other side. If we can stabilize that side and then spend our draft capital more on the defensive line because I think that the learning curve is a little bit less on the defensive line uh, for for a young guy, um, that's the route I would love to go. And if we're talking about Jair Alexander, uh, a proven veteran corner on the other side, and Shandon Sullivan, and then a rookie defensive lineman, um, Wags, I'd be – ecstatic if that's the route we went. So that's that's kind of my route. But I asked you the same question. Uh, is this one where you, you would prefer the Packers to invest more draft capital in, or are you kind of tired of this project and, and maybe we move on to something else? It's a really interesting question because they're going to have to pay Jair very yeah. soon. I believe he's a free agent after next season. Uh, it's when his rookie deal will be up, if I'm not mistaken. So... <laughs> I think it's just a matter of your philosophy of how you're building the roster overall. In a way, we talked last year about Tremont Williams being kind of a luxury that they no longer needed because of the improvement of this young group. And unfortunately, with the regression in play from Kevin King, that didn't bear out entirely. Uh, granted, Tremont Williams wasn't lining up on the outside um, so that's that's not really a direct apples to apples. But it, it also kind of plays into this discussion because in a way, you would rather have a, a rookie uh, corner or two that you draft coming in, and now you can pay Jair, and if you hit on that rookie corner, um, you're getting him on a rookie contract. And, and so that makes the expensiveness uh, of this group a little bit more palatable moving forward. Uh, So I I think that's just a a way of saying that if they do get a veteran free agent, it better be a short-term deal, in in my opinion, or a deal that they can get out of in a year or two. Um, And I I don't think it's has to necessarily be a star. And I don't think, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but no. I don't believe that's what you were getting at. So we don't Not need to all. go out and, yeah. and spend $20 million on a free agent corner, uh, but just someone that, you know, 
is steady. <laughs> is not necessarily going to be a shutdown corner, but you know, at least is an improvement over what we got from that position this year, Kevin K. Uh, mm-hmm. So how much is that going to cost you? Um, that's tough to say because uh, after the star corners, it seems like they're a little bit of dime a dozen, to, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, and then it's, are you going to overpay, you know, pay pay a guy eight ten million a year when they're not necessarily really worth that? It, it gets pretty difficult. So, I'm I'm with you. Um, if they're able to, you know, we'll see what the market is uh, right. for cornerbacks. If they're able to find someone um, and get a short deal uh, that can they feel that can improve that spot, uh, I would actually look at it as a both end. But I think as much as I'm sick of drafting cornerbacks early, mm-hmm. I think it's just sort of the cost of doing business in the NFL. And so I would like to see them draft another cornerback pretty high in the draft. And if nothing else, it's a guy that we can see if he can develop. And you're right, then we're not relying on a rookie corner to come in and fill that spot. But perhaps then by next year, he can slide in there and you feel comfortable with him in that role uh, when you pay a Jair, and then you can move on from whoever that veteran is, if, if, if indeed that is what the Packers decide to do. Mm-hmm. That's no, that's really good. That's good insight. I mean, I I'm just looking at the top of the list of, of free agent corners, and you know Patrick Peterson, who's 31 years old, and uh, our old nemesis Richard Sherman, uh, is 33 years old. It seemed to be kind of at the top of the list, and. Two guys that maybe aren't um, at the height of their superpowers, but still two guys that can get it done at the NFL level. Yeah. Um, how much – then, then it becomes, Dane, I'm just going to put you on the spot again. We're talking D. Lyman with J.J. Lott. What's the number that you would pay right. those guys? It, it's, and it's, I have a hard time thinking that they're not going to get pretty good amount of money from yeah. teams across the league, and even in a one- or two-year deal – um, I could see each of those guys being in that, you know, 12 to 15 million plus per season range. And I don't know if the Packers can afford to get in a competition to, to get a guy at that rate. Yeah, no, and that's, that's, that's totally fair, right? I mean, that's, that's the hard part is that, um, you know, it, it, the question is, are, you know, is Russ Ball and the rest of the team going to be able to, uh, do some, some gymnastics with the contracts, right? Cause I mean, like, looking at Richard Sherman's p- previous deal with San Francisco, he had signed a three year, $27 million deal. Um, you know, with a signing bonus of three million and seven million guaranteed. Uh, so the average was about nine million for Richard Sherman, um, and that was a younger Richard Sherman. So if we're able to get, uh, you know, a little older Richard Sherman on a two-year deal, seven million, you know, and I'm not advocating for it, and I, and I, I guess I don't even know what what the numbers would end up being. But if we're talking more seven to eight million uh, to to kind of solidify that spot a little bit more, now we're talking. So that's kind of where my head's at right now, Wags. But you're right. If it, if it starts to climb more expensive than that with the Packers' current cap situation, um, you know, this isn't fantasy football. There are implications with everything that we do. And, um, you know, that's, that's just the, the world that we're living in. Sure. Uh, I think you're right. I, I, that would be about the range that I would feel comfortable with, too. Um, and, and there could be some other guys. I know you just, you just named two of them. Yeah. There could be some other guys that could be in that five to seven, eight million range. And I think that's, that's where the Packers need to try to 
uh, do business uh, this offseason if they're going to try to improve on that cornerback spot. So we'll keep a close eye on that, and that will be interesting to see what happens. Um, but any other thoughts on this cornerback group overall? Yeah, I, you know, I, I want to mention a couple of the other guys that contributed, I thought, throughout the season. Um, you, the, the the first one I want to bring up is Kivare Russell. Uh, he's a guy that we signed in uh, like October or so to the practice squad, number 34. Um, he actually was up for our playoff games. Um, you know, he's a guy that was up throughout the year as one of the, the COVID expansion guys. Uh, you know, played corner. He's actually a third round, a former third round pick from Notre Dame. Um, loved what he did on special teams. He, he was, a, he just showed, I thought, on special teams, was running down the field. You could, you could tell he's out there. Played a little bit on the base defense as well. Um, I, I don't know if a lot of fans noticed that, but he was getting some snaps. And uh, I just really like him, and he's a sneaky guy. Uh, he's going to be coming back, uh, you know, and trying to earn a spot. So he's a sneaky guy. He's a veteran. He's 27 years old. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the Will Redmond path. Will Redmond, also a former third-round pick, um, mm-hmm. you know, took a little bit to, to stick on a team and, you know, had an opportunity then to stick with the Packers for a bit. So uh, definitely want to mention his name because I think he's going to really be in the mix in the camp battle because of how well he showed up on special teams and that, uh, you know, he didn't show poorly uh, when called to duty on defense. And then the other one, uh, Stanford Samuels, uh, our guy from Florida State who was a rookie this past season. He's just so young. He's 21 years old still, Legs. Six foot one guy, so he's a little bit taller, a little rangy. Um, had a, a chance to play in a couple games. Um, you know, wasn't called up consistently, but definitely had a, a chance to play. And he's another one of those guys where the Packers are notorious for um, their undrafted free agents and trying to develop them. So wouldn't be surprised if long term he's a guy that's in the Packers' plans. Um, you know, to, to actually play on the base defense, and then finally KB on Ento who two seasons with the Packers, unfortunately for him, this one kind of got wiped out by injury, so a giant question mark on him. Not sure what we're going to be able to expect from him going forward. And then Perry Nickerson, another guy who previously played for the Jets, listed as a corner, um, been in the league for a few years, uh, played some special teams, um, actually was called back um, during the playoff games. He was um, designated to return from the IR uh, along with KB on Ento. But unfortunately, not getting to the Super Bowl, we weren't sure um, what we had with him. Um, but another guy that might have a chance to try to fight for a roster spot in camp. So a lot of guys, uh, you know, that were throwing at Packer fans here. Maybe not everybody's heard of them, uh, but the Packers are notorious for having some young guys that, that might be dark horses and then stick. Um, so want to make sure I mention all of those guys, but particularly Kivare Russell. Keep an eye on him uh, because he just does enough uh, of the little things that the Packers might like him uh, going into 2021. Yeah, absolutely. It would be a surprise if any of them are competing for that outside spot. Right. However, um, like Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman, uh, they all could have an opportunity to be that fourth or fifth corner that's on the roster, that 53-man roster next season. So that was a great rundown, Dane, and thank you for running through that. I think uh, you highlighted all of those guys perfectly. So um, great. I, I think that pretty much covers it for yeah. this group. And so, uh, again, this is a position that we will be definitely talking about when we get into our free agency discussions uh, because uh, this is uh, a group that it, we need to improve at a starting position. 
uh, either through the draft or free agency. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But um, uh, certainly um, you've got your blue chipper uh, and you've got another guy, I think, in Shannon Sullivan that will be back and um, I think uh, can, can improve upon what he did this past season and keep getting better. Uh, so you got to feel pretty good, I think, with this group overall. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, um, you know, folks, rate us, please share with your friends uh, and, and uh, review us. And, and just uh, thanks for tuning in, as always. We're going to be doing content uh, every position group. We'll be talking free agency. We'll be talking draft. We're going to have some very special uh, Packer interviews uh, with, with current and former players throughout the off season. So, so thanks for sticking with us. And, folks, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.